1: Good morning and welcome to another College Football Saturday. This is Respect My Decision. I'm your host, Zach Barry. We're going to have a a guest on here in a moment. We're going to talk a lot about uh, the Big Ten starting up today. Talk about how uh, certain programs have uh, slipped a little and how that's going to affect recruiting. Uh, But first, I want to tell you a little bit about our sponsor here on Respect My Decision American betting experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S. Uh, Respect My Decision and the rest of the Chris Landry Football Network have teamed up with ABE to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners. So here's what you do. It's so easy. Go to the website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page. So upper right, so... Over here for y'all while you're watching. Uh, pick among the gaming sites legal in your state. So bet MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, points bet, anything that is legal in your state. Want to keep this above board, everybody. So sign up, instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Literally, that's all you have to do. Again, so LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located Upper right side of the page. Get in on the action with a special offer from American Betting Experts. I hope I'm pointing. I, I'm assuming the opposite, so that's going to be the upper right side. Um, so, like I said, we have a guest coming on today. We're going to talk uh, a lot of Big Ten, um, and then we'll see where else we get from there. Um, I know a lot of people might be might be a little uh, a little upset. We're going back to back Big Ten weeks, but uh, you know, kudos to them for for making it work and finding their way to the 2020 football season. Um, but yeah, last week was, uh, was quite a week. Uh, this week I, I'm excited for uh, a ton of games. Uh, big 10 obviously joining in, um, but you've got Nebraska, Ohio state uh, at uh, the big, the big noon kickoff, I guess they call it on uh, on Fox. Um, you've got Oklahoma TCU also at noon You've got NC State, North Carolina, a rare ranked matchup there in the Tar Heel State in Chapel Hill. You've got Alabama at Tennessee, CBS 230. (laughs) That's going to be an absolute blowout, uh, absolute boat race. Um, And then you've got another ranked Big 12 matchup, potentially deciding the conference there. Iowa State at Oklahoma State. Notre Dame at number three. Kind of weird to say that. Notre Dame at Pitt. At 3.30, I don't know how many people are going to watch that. That's just going to be an absolute bore of a game. Baylor at Texas. Uh, At this point, I think everybody is fading the Longhorns. Um, Another interesting one, South Carolina at LSU. That one should be interesting uh, with everything going on at LSU, who's going to play quarterback, how they can uh, respond. And then Michigan at Minnesota, the nightcap. Tons of fun up there in the Twin Cities. Um, we're going to talk a lot about that one, uh, and, uh, kind of dive in here as we discuss the big 10. Um, so without further ado, we're going to bring in our special guest here, uh, as I get his Twitter handle typed in here, the, the all important Twitter handle. So you can make sure to follow him. Uh, we welcome in my good friend, Ryan nanny of banner society. Ryan. Good morning. Good morning. How, how long have you been up?
2: Uh, only through, only like two and a half hours at this point, like a, like a respectable amount of dad time.
1: That's, uh, the, uh, the golden hour, maybe parentheses hours. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that. I, I also,
2: at, at this point in my life, I measure it less by when do I get up and how many times was I woken up in the middle of the night? And last night it was zero. So like today's all, I've already won the day.
1: Yeah. I have the rare issue, and I guess I should knock on wood with this, uh, the dogs wake me up more than the kid does.
2: Hmm, interesting.
1: Which I guess is more of a me problem, because I can just, you know, tell them to get off the bed. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's that's more of my thing. Um,
2: that is that is more solvable, I, su- I suspect.
1: Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and jump right in. I, I, I prefaced it before you joined that people are, m- might be upset. Because I had uh, my good buddy Kevin Noon of uh, Buckeye Grove on last week. So we're going to go back-to-back Big Ten here. Yeah. Um, that's, but- why I,
2: that's why I'm wearing my <laughs> Sakai 10 Michigan hat. Of
1: yeah. course. Uh, but, but it's it's, it's fitting because they are back this week uh, at long last. Um, the first topic I want to jump into, and I'm, I'm interested to hear your take because I feel like you you talk to everybody when it comes to college football. You're not just SEC. You're not, um, you, you know – focusing on the Southeast or anything like that, but Michigan um, they're kind of in a weird spot this year. I know it's a weird season already, um, but with that said, Harbaugh, I wouldn't say hot seat, maybe just yet, but I know people are getting fed up because he just can't seem to do anything right. And by do anything right. I mean, beat Ohio state. Yeah. I
2: mean that, that is like the simplest way to put it. The two things I think that Jim Harbaugh has failed to do are beat Ohio state And also like show up in a bowl game in a meaningful way. Like I think the Ohio State thing would be more palatable if Michigan was beating Alabama in bowl games or beating South Carolina in bowl. But like the fact that they have struggled, Florida State, I think they lost to in a bowl game. The fact that they have struggled to like match up well in the postseason against other like Power Five opponents that either they should be better than, or that they should like be within reach of, is a big problem because they're not they're not going to like close the talent gap with Ohio State. It's just not going to happen in any time, especially soon. So in the interim, like the whole point of hiring Jim Harbaugh, at least to some extent, is like well he he and his staff will develop and will use a playbook in such a way to like minimize whatever that talent gap is. And like, I don't know, it never feels that way during the Ohio state game. It never feels like, Oh, the chess master has arrived and now he's going to move the pieces. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think like the other question that you, you sort of get to is like, you think about the, the past two coaches they've had. Rich Rod like, showed pretty quickly this was not going to work. And Brady Hoke, like yeah, he got him to that BCS Bowl against Virginia Tech, but like there were still enough indicators like, yeah, man, you lost to Rutgers on the road. That's probably not sustainable for your coaching longevity. I don't know if there's somebody you can point to and be like, yep, that's the person who, you, who Michigan can and would hire who can get them over the Ohio State hump. I don't know who that is.
1: Well, it's it's an this is the question because I go back and forth on it where I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe it's going to, but then on the flip side, I'm like, no, because it's Michigan. So a school like this that is going to just hover, you know, right around the fifteen to eighteen ranked range, but they never beat their rival. And then like you said, they lay an egg in bowl games more times than not. Now I know Harbaugh is is, you know, Quirky, and you know, drinks whole milk, and he wears cleats in the Vatican, and and all that stuff. But when does it start to affect them on the recruiting trail? Uh, Is it ever going to, or is is the network too vast?
2: I think, I think you like there are there are signs of slippage already, and the fact that look, it's not nothing that they are competing with Ohio State and with Penn State for a lot of the same recruits, and like. Ohio State, you know, the results speak for themselves. And Penn State, James Franklin has done a really good job improving like the talent pipeline in Happy Valley. Now add to that, like Michigan State's hire of Mel Tucker, like that's a dude who can straight up recruit. So, like, I think it becomes harder not just by what they're doing or not doing on the field, but like it's a competitive business and it's going to continue to get competitive. I think that to me, the biggest question or the thing, the thing that has not happened is like, when will Michigan recruit a quarterback, develop that quarterback and like, and, and have somebody who like, not necessarily is a Heisman winner, but you can say like, okay, Michigan has one of the top five quarterbacks in the country. The only point at which you maybe could have said that during Jim Harbaugh's tenure so far is when he got an Iowa transfer. Like they, they have not shown any ability to like develop and recruit that position. And ultimately it's like, I don't know that you can beat Ohio state just rolling out like whoever you've got a quarterback. Who's not like a world beater or not capable of being a world beater.
1: Right. And looking at the team rankings right now, Michigan is still six in the country. In yeah. Uh, they have 12, four stars committed right now. And you're talking about quarterbacks, JJ McCarthy, the IMG quarterback is a stud Elite 11. That's the kind of guy that you got to bring in. And you got to develop now. Quarterback now is probably one of the hardest positions to evaluate and to there's a lot of busts. I mean, there was a guy that was a five-star that was just in Ann Arbor. that yep. Some would call a bust and Shay Patterson, was it Ole Miss, transferred to Michigan, never really lived up to the hype that was around him. Um, so can J.J. McCarthy do that? I mean, they had Dylan McCaffrey that was there, brother of of Christian, four-star. He opted out. Um, so um, now they have uh, the, the big fella. I'm drawing a complete... Oh, thing.
2: I'm... I, I'm free. Yeah, I'm forgetting that. It, this is also that thing where I'm like, let's just wait a month and see who's starting for him at that point.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, and apologies to him and his family because I'm going completely <laughs> blank. Uh, Joe Milton. Yes. Joe Milton, complete uh, Coke machine what a of a man.
2: What a Big Ten name that is.
1: Yeah, Joe Milton. Joe
2: Milton. That Joe Milton a, for mayor of Madison.
1: <laughs> that is a Michigan man if I've ever heard mm-hmm. of him. Um, But yeah, so this is like the weird asterisk caveat, like this dichotomy of recruiting that's just fascinating to me is Michigan has n- has not lived up to the hype. They just haven't. And I think true Michigan fans who are realistic and can have context and nuance and blah, 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 they will admit that. But they're still going to recruit because they're just Michigan. yeah. And that's like the weirdest thing about recruiting. And, you, I mean, you look at the top 10 right now, there aren't any surprises. You've got Bama, Ohio State, I guess you could say Oregon's the surprise, but Mario Cristobal has got it going up there and they've won a ton recently. So you've got Southern Cal, Florida, Michigan, Tennessee, Clemson, LSU, Georgia, all household names. So there's no shock there. Right. Um, And I feel like that's typically how it is. Now, maybe there'll be a surprise team late, later in the cycle before signing day. Maybe somebody gets a couple late flips or something. Um, You know, some teams that come to mind, you know, Ole Miss shocked people in in 2013 and and got up there. And, um, you know, there's been teams that'll pop up there. North Carolina is kind of flirting with that. They're kind of back to being somewhat relevant in football. Um, But that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm scrolling down right now and I don't see anybody out of the ordinary that's sniffing the top 15. It's all, you know, marquee names. So do you ever, think a shift will happen in recruiting where it won't be like that
2: i so i don't think it'll be this year just because like if if there were a recruiting year to be able to sort of trade on your name primarily this is it because Mm -hmm. like i think the ncaa has still not opened up on campus recruiting and sort of like the normal parts of the recruiting calendar so your chance to like Get a get a player who like maybe is lukewarm on you, but bring him on campus and like sort of show him that like yes we have the culture that will help you help you acclimate and like this will be you you'll have a good time here and you'll be supported here. It's harder to do that if you're just doing it over Zoom or whatever. Right. Um, I do think that like you can flip it. I mean, Clemson wasn't always the recruiting like powerhouse that they are now far from it for a while there. It was like South Carolina was getting the recruits that, Cle- that Clemson would get now. Like it's very hard for me to imagine Jedevi and Clowney in 2020 committing to South Carolina over Clemson. If he's going to, if he's going to yeah. go, go in the state. Um. So like, I think you can do it. It costs money. Both like, the above board and the below board kinds, frankly. And, um, it also like you, it's that part of the, it's that part of your staff that is harder to see on game day, but you have to like up and down the roster or your, your coaching roster, at least you got to have people who have connections, who know like how to speak this language, who will connect well with high schoolers and their parents and like, some programs are better at it than others but i don't think there's anything inherent for i would say like 70% of power 5 schools that prevents them from at least cracking into that like top 10 top 15 ranking you're talking about do i think like you know do i think Louisville is ever going to have like a number 1 class no but I don't think there's anything stopping Louisville from eventually saying like, yeah, we we got the number eight class in the country. We got the number 11 class in the country, something like that.
1: Right. And, and that's a great point that you made about this year being the year of, of all the years to just bank on someone's name and to just not risk it to where it's yeah. like, man, I really like X coach at X school. They seem to to really like me. I haven't been there and met them in person. I haven't seen the campus outside of on a zoom call, but I don't know if I want to roll the dice. I'll, I'll just go to Miami. Yep. You know, that's going to happen a ton where it's, you know, quote unquote, a known commodity. Okay. I know what I can get at this school. I know what I'm getting, you know, with X campus X program, all that. That's a huge, huge advantage for a lot of bigger schools. Um, And, you know, we talked a lot about Ohio state last week when I had Kevin on and um, that's a, that's a school that's probably never going to trip up in recruiting. I mean, they're going to be up there competing with Bama every single year for the recruiting title. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just, it's such an interesting topic for me for, Michigan who has not I don't Harbaugh has never beaten Ohio State correct
2: correct Ohio State is on a I believe an eight-year win streak against Michigan
1: never done it not doing it this year I
2: it seemed it would seem to stretch credulity
1: yes I mean I've heard people use the term rebuild for Michigan
2: I don't think it's that I so I, I don't think it's that stark and this is where I go back again to like man some of those Rich Rod and Brady Hoke teams, like those were true rebuilds. Those were teams that like, you want to talk about struggle. They were finishing under 500 in conference play. They were like barely making bowl games or missing bowl games. Like I I don't want it to get lost that like Jim Harbaugh has taken a program that was not hanging out in the top 10, top 15 that was not recruiting all that. Well, that was not like, being competitive in the big 10 and has largely resuscitated it. He has not taken the final step, but like, I I have a very hard time looking at this and saying, Oh, somebody has got to come in and like rip it down to the studs. I think there's definitely room for improvement and maybe like a coaching change is how that happens. Or maybe like it's a coordinator thing. It, 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 I think it's very different than like, I look at this very differently than like, Tom Herman at Texas because Texas has struggled with Oklahoma to some extent, not, not the same way, but like Texas, I think has only been to the big 12 title game once under Tom Herman. They didn't win it. They've like, you know, they, they've had a little bit better bowl success, but they continue to be the team that like needs to go to overtime to beat and not very good Texas tech team and like loses to big 12 teams that they should be crushing on paper, I don't think like I don't really worry about Michigan from that fr- from that extent. I'm not like, oh, Michigan's going to drop a game to Illinois and Purdue at
1: this point. <laughs> you know, Ryan, that was that was a, as we like to call it a professional segue there. <laughs> as we, I'm the
2: master of those.
1: As we mosey on over to the Big Twelve, I did want to get your thoughts on Texas. Um, I know that everybody picks on the Longhorns with Texas is back and, you know, it's kind of similar to like Tennessee fans with yeah. balls are back. Feels like 98. Um, <laughs> I do honestly think now I was talking to a couple people in Austin this week as it pertains to recruiting and, uh, a couple prospects that Ole Miss is looking at that Texas is looking at, and I had people tell me like, Hey, this is the last thing I'd heard but right now, like it is a absolute lockdown over there, because the staff is, you know, they're in, you know, frantic mode right now, trying yeah. to. I I wouldn't say save their job, but I think that that seat I, I refer to it as like the the office furniture equivalent of a Bunsen burner, like it is starting that that gel that stinks that's in a Bunsen burner, like mm-hmm. it is it is on fire and it is heating up, <laughs> so. That's another school that just continues to recruit regardless of the, I mean, they're 18th in the country right now. So not at a high level, but they're still recruiting well. Like with Tom Herman's struggles, like are they ever going to feel that effect on the recruiting trail or is this just a name brand we're always here type vibe?
2: So I think, so the difference to me from a recruiting standpoint between Michigan and Texas is Michigan is going to get judged on how it is recruiting nationally. Like, where are you in the overall? Where are you relative to Ohio State and Penn State? Texas is also going to get judged on that, but I think what will matter in some ways just as much and maybe more is, like, how are you recruiting in Texas? Like, are you at the point where AM and TCU and TCU um, and Houston – you know are are you at the point where you are not getting whoever you want and i think that's that's sort of what they're dealing with right now and have been for a little while and some of that look is that like these are schools that have shown improvement at tcu like there's a longevity thing going on where gary patterson's been there what feels like 48 years and like there's a lot of stability there that i think can resonate with high school coaches and with parents and things like that um and with Stab-
1: i was going to say stability despite battling just chronic sweatiness
2: yeah i mean that's that's what maintains the stability you know the internal system
1: is regulated that's right
2: <laughs> um so yeah i mean like the other the other thing there is like it feels like texas is in that death cycle that must champion death cycle of like swap your coordinators whenever things get hot and the problem is like a that's not how successful programs successful programs aren't built on that like clemson is clemson in large part because they have staff stability and they don't have a lot of term- turnover alabama for a long time had the same thing and like has learned how to deal with that turnover, but frankly, they do that by like doing the the assistant thing. So they're just like, yeah, if, if somebody leaves, we have like the the latest former failed head coach to step in as OC, whatever. Um, Analyst. Yeah, exactly. Texas, like, I, I, there are only so many times you can you can like hit the reset button before. People are like, maybe the problems aren't, maybe it's not the coordinators that are the problem, Tom. So I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't feel great about Texas's medium term prospects at this point. There's no reason it can't be turned around. But, um, but yeah, there's just not a lot from that team. There's what it is, I think, is that there's not a lot of that team where you're like, you can see progress being made. It doesn't feel like that. It feels like the same problems that pop up two years ago are going to keep popping up. There is not a lot of like progression in season. There is not a lot of progression season two season. It's like, yeah, you beat Georgia in a bowl game and that was big. And what did that turn in for you the next year? Not much, just another like pretty Texas year, you know?
1: Yeah. A bowl game that Georgia did not want to be in.
2: No, not at all. But like, like credit to Texas, you shouldn't give a shit about that. You should like go out, beat, beat Georgia, crow about how you beat a big time SEC school. And like yeah. in theory, that should be a launch pad for you. In theory, that should be like a boost for you. And it feels like Texas is never able to turn the big win, which sometimes they get. Sometimes they beat Oklahoma. They're not able to turn that into like something sustainable and something that they actually like start building on.
1: So last couple things here before I let you go. And again, appreciate your time. Sure. Hanging out with me on Saturday morning. I hate you're not getting to watch game day. Are you recording it?
2: No, I'm okay without it for now. It feels uh, game day without in the, in the world we live now just feels kind of weird. It feels a little too CNN.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, I do love the, uh, the mega desk that they have.
2: I love, see, I love the the core. I love Corsos like patio. (laughs) that i really enjoy and and if the whole show was just corso at his patio like shuffling around in a robe making omelets
1: what so we i was talking with some friends about this a couple weeks ago what do you think it's like to be his neighbor because didn't he have a didn't he have an actual live elephant in his front yard
2: i think i think that's right yeah um you know what? I bet being Lee Corso's neighbor in season versus out of season is not as different as you and I might think. <laughs> I bet. I bet there's. I bet he's like, yeah, we're having a petting zoo. Cool. Is that like for your grand? Nope. Just having one. Just felt like it.
1: That there is no off season.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: Um. <laughs> so last thing about Texas here. Uh, a lot of people. I don't know. If, I don't know for an absolute fact, but for the most part, the rumor was when Charlie strong was there outside of not winning enough, there was a lot of strife there with, with him and his relationship with the high school coaches in Texas. Um, I don't think the booster network thought that he went out of his way enough to appease high school coaches. And I think Charlie was just kind of like, I'm here to win. Like I'm not here to be buddies with everybody. I'm just here to do my job. I'm going to recruit. I'll talk to you when I'm recruiting, you know, whatever. Um, you know, we've kind of seen, uh, a similar, I would say, strategy, but a similar mindset with like Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, where, right, the the phrase was used, you know, if it doesn't pertain to winning or recruiting, I don't want to talk about it. But talking Tom Herman, I feel like he's the guy that's very, you know, rubbing elbows with the locals and very much a country club type guy and wants to hang out with high school coaches and do all that. What do you think is the issue there?
2: Um. Well, I, I think some of the issue is that, like, like I sort of alluded to before, <clears throat> he's got a lot of competition in the state to sort of like siphon all that out. And like, you know, whether or not you are um, enamored with Jimbo Fisher, like that was at least a splashy hire that they made. And in some ways a made it splashier by being like, he's going to get $75 million <laughs> no matter what. But, like, if nothing else, A&M has done a good job of sort of, like, making everybody pay attention to them more than was the case towards the end of the Kevin Sumlin um, years there. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, there's a little bit of that. There's, like, the fact that Oklahoma has been really good and continues to be really, like, you know, even though this might be a bit of a down year for them, like – they still have that like looming specter not that far away who can tell you who can tell recruits like hey we're gonna play a lot of games in the state of texas we're gonna go to the state fair every year you're you know your parents are gonna get to see you play if you come here it's not like your parents aren't gonna get to see you play it's not like there aren't oklahoma fans in the state of texas um
1: there are a lot of college football programs out there that if you told them yeah, man, you get to go to the college football playoff, but you just get your brains beat in when you get right, there. Right, right. There are a lot of people that would take that. Yes,
2: with- 100%. 100%, yeah. Um, Especially because I suspect, like, part of it, like, you can probably sell people on, like, we're close. We're, like, so close. And if we get you and, like, a couple other dudes, like, we yeah. can get over that hump. And we can bring glory back to Norman, whatever. <laughs> but, like, I, I think some of it, to some extent, is, like, I don't know what Texas is selling. Like I know what TCU is selling. I know what Gary Patterson's like, I know he's like, this is what we're doing on defense. We're not going to get over our skis on offense, but like, we're going to play very tough football and we're going to try to like grind teams into paste. I know what Oklahoma state is selling. I know what Oklahoma is selling for sure. I don't really know what Texas is selling. And like, look at the quarterback position. That's like kind of endemic there where you're sort of like, what are they do? They have, you know, who they will tell you is a Heisman worthy candidate, somebody who like they believe in and that they've trusted the pro the the programs in his hands in a lot of ways. But like, you don't watch Texas play and feel like, Oh, they know what they're doing and they know what they want to do the whole time. It's this weird mix of like stubbornness and reactivity And I think that translates not just in the games, but in the recruiting process where you don't necessarily have a clear vision where you can go to coaches and parents and recruits and say like, this is what we're doing. This is how you fit into it. It looked like as muddled as Texas looks on a lot of game days, I suspect like that is trickling down into the recruiting messaging.
1: Yeah. And that's, you bring up the quarterback position. It's 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 like a weird. Uh, it's like the it's like that position room is haunted by Vince Young, where it's come here and be the next you know Vy ten yeah. But it's just like no one's ever going to be be that right. Just you know be yourself or you, try to be as good. Don't try to be the next one or be better because close to virtually impossible. I mean, he was Cam Newton before Cam Newton was Cam Newton, but yeah, I don't know if it's just like. The expectations are too high for them where it's every year it's like oh yeah like you said Heisman quarterback gonna run the table gonna go to the playoff and then they never do and I feel like Herman just kind of sets himself up for failure every single season um, that, that was a great point you made about Oklahoma and you know be the next be the guy to get us over the hump you know they could a, a phrase they could use would be like you could be the guy to get Barry Switzer shirtless in a lot of <laughs>
2: You don't need that much to do that. To be fair, well, like I, yeah, okay. you show up with two cans of beer, you can probably get there.
1: He's just stone colding them in there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it, yeah, a lot, lot of interesting dynamics to how recruiting just kind of influences everything.
2: Can um, I ask you a question? Yeah. If if we swapped Harbaugh and Tom Herman, and we gave them each, let's say, three years, who do you think who do you think does a better job? advancing their Mm. program texas jim harbaugh or michigan tom herman
1: oh my god that is that is a great question i would probably lean as bad as it pains me to do this i'd probably lean herman
2: At, at michigan
1: yeah because i've i've made this exact point that you made about how texas is not the way it used to be where the longhorns would just get anyone Oklahoma goes in there all the time. LSU dips in a ton. Yeah, yeah. But then you've got TCU, a and I mean, SMU is kind of popping up here and yep. there. There's too much competition to where they can't just clean sweep the state anymore. Um, Herman is is super, super stubborn as a, as a football coach. Um, but I still think he's good enough to get it done in Michigan, whereas Harbaugh would just have a ton of competition around him. And he's just kind of a knucklehead. Um, I could see him not working out at all with, with boosters. <laughs> uh, I mean, what's the equivalent? So, like, I, I joked about it earlier, but, you know, he wore, um, you know, cleats inside the Vatican when yeah. the team went over there. Like, what? what's, what's that level of disrespect in, in Texas? Like, <sighs> the Alamo?
2: Yeah, I was going to say it's probably, like, taking your shirt off in the Alamo or something like that
1: tagging the alamo yeah with like a a go big blue sticker or yes yes yeah. okay
2: putting putting ketchup on a taco at the alamo
1: <laughs> oh man yeah that that's it yeah uh okay um man that's that is one way to uh to end a uh a podcast you're like welcome that. you're welcome yeah man. that was perfect um well ryan before we let you go uh tell the folks about banner society and and what y'all do, and where they can find everything.
2: Sure. Um, So you can follow me at Celebrity Hot Tub on Twitter. Uh, I run a little crew over at BannerSociety.com. We talk about college football, and we try to be a little different in how we talk about it. We don't, like Zach said, we don't really focus on one conference, or one team, or one area. Um, We do probably talk about the strange schools of the sec West more than we should, but like Arkansas and Ole Miss and Mississippi state are fascinating. So try and stop us. Um, And yeah, we just we're we're trying to make sense of a very nonsensical season. Um, The thing I am watching this week is what's going to happen to all the group of five schools that got ranked. And some of them got ranked highly. Now that the big 10 is back in, I'm hoping that Cincinnati SMU the winner of that still gets to like enjoy a pretty good i'm going to go ahead and say like top 10 ranking yeah. um i am worried that some of the voters are just going to say well, well no did you see what wisconsin did to illinois it's time to put them number 7 or something like that but um but yeah i'm curious to see how that all shakes out because nothing makes sense right now
1: if you take a look at their at their homepage the uh the topics up at the top weirdness money bad idea time, Batman Friday. That's right. What more do you want? That's right. From a college football site. Um, Last thing, don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American betting experts. Remember, this is, it's so easy. Go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page. I'm doing it again. I think I'm doing it right because I'm going the opposite way. Upper right side of the page, pick among any of the legal gambling sites In your state, sign up, instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. So it's that easy. Thanks to American Betting Experts for sponsoring this here podcast. Respect my decision. For Ryan Nanny, I'm Zach Berry. Thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for following on Twitch. And, uh, hey, we'll talk to you uh, next weekend. Enjoy the day.
0: Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect.